time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Spence talks too much. Uh, he's Blank on Branham. Let's get into our game balls from the divisional round. We can really just talk about every game here. Hand out some game balls for everybody. But uh, where, where, do you, where do you want to start, Blankers? Well, let's, talk, let's just start with the, the best in the game right now, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had never played a road game in the playoffs, but he's on an Astros run. I mean, he has taken a receiving core that everybody was very critical of, and he has got them to get better and better to a point where as much as there were doubts during the regular season, the end of the regular season, what they could do in the playoffs, they went into Buffalo, and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And the fact that he's, what, been in the year six years and been to the AFC Championship game all six years, give him his flowers. Yeah, I'm handing the game ball for that game to Taylor Swift, though. Of she course she put are. the uh, she put the Chiefs on the map. Not she Jason singled, Kelsey. She can't, uh, Jason Kelsey because he had half of his clothing off. Everybody loved it. Jumping, not everybody. I heard Michael Connor didn't love what. Oh Jason, really? Apparently, he called him fake. Called him a fraud. Is that enough to land on Bad Take Boulevard? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why is that a fraud? Supporting your brother. You're retired now, or at least discussing it you're not you're a free agent regardless i didn't hear it i, I have uh i have buddies who listen to the show they're p1s and then they'll they'll randomly text me stupid things people say and that was one of them that i, I heard must of. love me well no not really hmm. <laughs> i'm just kidding they really don't talk about you because they you work with me so i think they think that they should be nice say, I mean, about you no it's, it's always it's always the shows before us which they're all before us except for joe uh but yeah apparently he was saying that he's a fraud he he's a fake he's doing all this for attention i mean it, that probably worked too because he was all over the internet from the time he did it but the fact that i mean i saw marcus spears say the man does not give a you know what he's wearing champion sweatpants <laughs> and drinking a bill's beer and going nuts supporting it. It was awesome. Did you see? I, I liked it. I, I don't think there's anything fraudulent about it. Did you see him in the uh, the tailgate scene? And he was doing a. Did you see this show? He was like in the tailgate scene and he was doing a shot of what looked like. A I don't know ball? what it was, but it looked like a bowling ball. I think it was a bowling ball. Okay. I think they drink out of bowling balls. Is that what they out do? Out of the finger holes? Yeah. I think, they, I think that's what it was. That's what I thought it was, but I wasn't 100% sure. I'm pretty confident that's what it was. Okay. I wonder what it, it was. It was a bowling ball or a kettlebell, it looked like. Well, there's no holes in kettlebells. No, I know there's not, but like that's why <laughs> so it was tough. one of the two. So probably a bowling ball. Yeah. Huh. Okay. There's I wonder a what they. There's no holes in a kettlebell. <laughs> but there's a handle. I'm going to give Taylor Swift my first game ball there for making that game relevant. No one would have watched that game if it weren't for uh, for Taylor Swift. Right. Her uh, her boo, by the way, had a big game. Five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. They passed Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski for the most playoff touchdown connections in NFL history. Yep, they sure did, and they've been impressive. That's part of that six years in a row doing what they did playing. <laughs> deep into the playoffs every single year. I saw Brady went out on Twitter and said, that's pretty impressive when you catch a guy like Grunk. I think Tom had something <laughs> to do about with it, too. Yeah, that was nice humility there for Tom. I appreciate that. Uh, I also want to give a game ball to Mikkel Hardman for bringing attention to the worst rule in football. And it looks like they're going to change this rule, according to Jeremy Fowler and others that are aware of this. Now, I do question handing the football off to Mikkel Hardman in that spot whenever he had already fumbled yes, once he before. Did. Like what are we? You have Isaiah Pacheco, another game ball, fifteen carries, ninety-seven yards, God, and a touchdown. Deserve one. Why in the world are you like Andy Reid? I love you, man. I love you. Why are you giving the football to McCall Hardman in that spot? It's first and goal. That feels like one of those moments where was, Andy Reid listened to Matt Nagy for yep, some reason. That was a Bobby Slowick play. Yeah, because that yeah. was the first thing I was thinking was 
Hardman's already fumbled once. Why the hell would you do that there and try to think that anybody was going to be caught off guard or that he was going to be able to do better? He just has been off this whole second go-round with the Chiefs so far. Yeah. And he obviously had a problem hanging on to the football. I thought it was a very, very odd call. Yeah. And he literally had two play- He touched the ball twice and fumbled both times. Yeah. What are you doing to give that guy the ball? Is that like- it? He only catched it twice total? Yeah. Yes. He, oh. had, he had a carry and a reception for a total of one yard and two fumbles. Unbelievable. Pacheco was unreal, though. That last yeah. drive, too, and the hammer awesome. at home. His effort after first contact is just next level. Six-rounder. Six-rounder out Rutgers. of Rutgers. Yeah. So, hey, all these people clamoring for running backs. Kind of get them wherever. Uh, I'm going to give a game ball to Scott Nor- uh, Norwood for missing mm-hmm. that kick to tie it. Wide right, part due. That is awesome. I love to see Scott Norwood. Then I'm going to pile on. What do you got? I'm going to give a game ball to wide left because wide left basically cost the Green Bay Packers a football game too because Carlson, I I was going to tweet it and then I forgot to hit send, but I was like, hey, now misery loves company. So now wide right can call wide left. They can go play golf and try to hit it straight because both of them deserve to be kicked somewhere else for those kicks. We'll get get to Green Bay. Oh, I'm sure uh, we will. You forgot to press send? I did. I was on the couch and I really hate it. Because I get a lot of, obviously, I don't want to get in the, distracted watching. But I looked at it, I was like, oh, I forgot to hit send on that one. The, that game should. The, the, That's like the oldest man thing you've ever <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah. I, I'll own it. The, uh, I did it. The I, Apple TV, too. What about the Apple TV? Well, you couldn't figure out the Apple TV. No, I never even the opened The Astros. It. I have it. <laughs> we, we've got it through different uh, different streaming services, the games that I needed to see. But, we, yeah, I got Apple TV still in the box. The, uh, the grown man crying. At the Buffalo oh, game, yeah, he gets pathetic. a game ball because you're yeah, pathetic. Uh, the defense for Kansas City, game ball to all of them, though. Justin Reed, I miss Justin Reed. I miss Justin Reed watching that game. Nick Bolton was fantastic. Did you notice how physical the Kansas City Chiefs defense was, was with Josh Allen? They were hitting him at the echo of the whistle, sometimes beyond the whistle. What a, a great idea by the Kansas City Chiefs defense with their physicality towards Josh Allen. I bet you they were thinking Bounty Gate before that game in Buffalo. You think Josh Allen played bad? Uh, I think that they dumbed down the game plan for him because they don't trust him to throw the football. Did you see the spray chart where it's like everything was at the line of scrimmage? Heavy running attack. I think Joe Brady was like, yeah, I don't trust Josh Allen with the ball. And he tried to give him the game. He tried to fumble it. He did fumble it late, but it went out of bounds. Yeah, I don't think that – I don't think he played bad, but I think the game plan was let's not let – from from Joe Brady, from the Bills. I think the game plan offensively was let's let's keep Josh Allen away from Josh Allen. I thought both teams struggled to stop the run, and I thought as much as you talked, to, we talked about Pacheco. Cook was really, really good, and they kept riding that out as well. But I thought that aside from missing digs on the cross, trying to get the ball into the end zone, the fe- Josh Allen played his ass off. I thought he played a hell of a football game. But you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes has that innate ability that only a few have to take it up a notch when the game means the most. And I thought that's why, look, that was another classic. That was a must-watch TV situation. It was a great game. Uh, I don't think Allen played poorly, but I do think the game plan was let's keep everything short, take a couple of shots, because he he threw the ball 39 times for 186 yards. Yeah, you don't throw it 40 times and not get more than that. You're right. And I think 20-something of them were, like, at the line of scrimmage or beyond. But he didn't turn it over. He, well, I mean, he didn't turn it he over. Tried. But he tried. He, he put the ball on the <laughs> I ground. I understand that. He put the ball on the ground, and they threw a lot of short throws, so he couldn't turn it over. Uh, that's that's my game balls there for Kansas City Buffalo. Any other game balls for Kansas City Buffalo before we move on? Reed was really good until, I mean, uh, uh, four for Kansas City. 
Rice? Rice. Yeah, he's he really good until up. he got dinged up. Yeah, he's a but good player, He's man. really stepped up. That's what they needed was one guy other than Kelsey to step up going into the playoffs. He's been that guy. We'll go to Green Bay since you brought the wide oh, left okay. up. Uh, I'm going to apologize first and foremost to you, Blinkers. Uh, I didn't see in Jordan Love what you saw in Jordan Love. I've only seen two games of Jordan Love. Uh, last week, he was fantastic, was really, really good. I didn't think he was good at all against San Francisco. I thought he was pretty poor, especially in the second half. Missed some easy throws on third and shorts that yep. could have sustained drive, converted drive, maybe wins him the game. They're all over the place, too. Erratic, high, wide. Uh, then the interception that he had to seal it. Very Brett Farvey of him. But also take it another level, Jeremy. Instead of watching just the balls that he completed that were a little off, or I mean that he were incomplete or a little off, Go look at the balls that were completed because the majority of them, there's no defender within 10 yards of the receiver. Even the one to Dobbs on the outside, there was no one there. And then what he did the majority of the first half of the season was he threw into double coverage a lot like the last play of the game. It's not to say he hasn't been really, really good. I just need to see more of him before I, I, I jump into this one of the top five quarterbacks in the league and all this you know extra that he's been getting. Because I, I need to see more before you go there and give him that, those kind of flowers. Yeah, so I, I thought he was bad in this game. But Dre Greenlaw was fantastic on the other side. Two interceptions, and he also led San Francisco in tackles. Not too He's often you have a couple of picks and lead your team in tackles. Uh, he was really good. McCaffrey was really good. Fred Werner's really good. Their defense is stacked. Yeah, yeah. Their defense Fred is Werner is a guy that whether he impacts it with a sack or, you know, or a fumble recovery or not, he is all over every single play. And he is he is dominant. He's a you know he's one of D'Amico's guys that D'Amico takes pride in saying they didn't draft. He wasn't a high draft pick, but they turned him into what he turned out to be. He's a hell of a football player. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, McCaffrey probably gets one here. George Kittle, I thought he, he was limited. He only caught late. four catch, four catches, but you know had the touchdown, eighty one tough yards. Brock Purdy, kind of meh. No, look for the fact that I think it was Bleacher Report that was now you got to believe in Brock Purdy because of the last drive. Didn't watch the rest of the game. He was not very good, and everybody was, oh, it's just his hands are slippery, whatever like that. Those are moments you got to be prepared for in the NFL, no matter what the conditions are. And the fact was, he wasn't throwing it very well at all for three and a half quarters. Any other game balls from San Fran, Green Bay? Moving on to Detroit and Tampa Bay. Is Jared Goff the most underrated quarterback in the league? He might be. I think he is. He might be. He's really, you know, he's continued. He got the big contract early, but he has continued to get better and better. And, and he played... He played a, a great game. I, I thought he played extremely well, and he utilized what you're supposed to do. You, you don't always have to be the hero with the ball in your hands and everything on your shoulders. He utilized the guys that he's got. He's got a ton of great resources on that team. He's got re- receivers that a lot, in a lot of cases, other than, say, Brown, are underrated. And he's got Gibbs. I mean, Gibbs is, Gibbs is such a, a talented running back. As much as we, we thought maybe he went too high when they took him as early as 12 as a running back, He's been everything that team's needed. He's uh, he's really good. <clears throat> Sam Laporta's really good, too. I won't ask you if you'd rather have Will Anderson or Jameer Gibbs or Sam Laporta. I won't ask the question. I won't ask, would you rather have Will Anderson or would you rather have Jameer Gibbs and S- Sam Laporta? I won't ask it. I'm I mean, not going to ask you the question. It, 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 it strikes I won't answer it. I won't answer it, Will Anderson. I'm not going to I'm not gonna ask the question. Just not going to ask. Okay. not going to ask. Pretty, pretty good. Gibbs and Laporta. What if you? Um, what if Sweetener was? You also get a, a, a number one next year. Well, now that's part of the. It's part of the <laughs> okay. equation that kind of helps the Texan side of the argument that that got you know all the way into the twenties mm-hmm. as opposed to being a top five pick. Uh, Golf was fantastic, thirty for forty three, two eighty seven, two touchdowns, all those targets too, and then they have a good defense this year. Shout out Aaron Glenn Nimitz Cougars. You know, I know there. Joe's been the Baker guy of the bunch more than most. 
Baker was impressive yesterday. I know Until he had two picks. Yeah, the the, la- the pick at the end was just that was a that, tough that's one. Ba- that's Baker. Like, yeah, it's I like Baker for a team like Tampa Bay that doesn't have an answer at quarterback and you're not in position to get one. I think he solves your problem. But that's probably as far as Baker Mayfield's ever going to take you. He's more of a Band-Aid than a franchise quarterback. But the fact is, again, kind of like to the Texans, you can sit there and dwell on what happened and the fact that he threw the pick late in the game, but they're not there without him. And he had a hell of a year. I mean, he resurrected his career this year in Tampa Bay. And like Joe said, he's got an open landing spot to keep doing it again because he did enough to show he can lead that football team. He's probably going to get paid, honestly. Somebody's going to pay him. The two best free agent quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield. Those are the top two. And if and, and if you look at what Tampa Bay did, and they talked about it during the game, how they wanted an offensive coordinator that was more or less very structured ball control and let the defense do their thing, and and that's what they really wanted in in in, a, in an offense. Well, then you got the right quarterback too, because he's he, he as long as he doesn't have to go out of his comfort zone and try and be heroic, which sometimes he's going to try and do anyway. In that division and the way that they played and with the defense being as good as it was, you got to resign some guys, but they could do it again. Any other game balls? Uh, I mean, I'm in Ross St. Brown. He's great as always. He's yeah, so he's, good. He's a, uh, he's you got so a little good. grief the other day, Blankers, for saying Nico's on the same tier as him. When did I say that? I think Friday, maybe. Did I say that? Huh. I don't remember saying. I don't remember I think you, Joel saying that either. I yeah, it was. Uh, I remember. I remember you saying it. I don't necessarily remember the context. I, I think you kind of said like they're the top teams receivers. I, don't, I think somebody was saying that you kind of like leveled them, like you're comparing the two. If I'm going to say the top receiver crazy, on each team. It, it's it's accurate. Uh, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Nico on him on uh, Ross. I'm here. just saying the top receiver on each team. Right. I don't know. I don't remember what you said. Yeah, I don't. But I think that's what you said. I I, I think whenever I read the text, like, yeah, it's a little out of context. Because like the, um, the top tier is obviously like Jefferson Chase, Tyreek Hill. I would put guys. I would put Sadie Brown on a higher CD tier Lamb. than Nico. Yeah. I yeah, would I, have him. I would have him on the net. Like. But it, it, Nico would be on the next tier. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's that far behind. I probably have St. Brown on the second tier of receivers, and I probably have Nico on the third. That's tier. fair. That's probably fair. I was gonna say. I thought we said this at the start of the year when you guys were talking fantasy football, and everybody was talking about he was going to lead the league in receptions and do all these things. Then I wasn't as high on him, but I, I mean, he's their wide receiver one. He's impressive. Yeah, he's. Uh, I like him a lot. All right, that does it for uh, game balls. Let's grade C.J. Stroud for the final time this season. Kind of brings a tear to my eye, like it did Will Anderson when they lost Saturday. A uh, great Stroud at Baltimore. Great him knockout style against Lamar, or boxing style. And let's grade him on the season two. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Guys, look, it's a great time to be a sports fan. We know it. All those games were fun to watch this weekend. There's more on the horizon with the conference championship games. And you've got NBA almost every night. College basketball almost every night. Sports, sports, sports. And if you're a sports fan and you love watching sports on television, you got to go to mybookie.ag because it's the way that you make even the most uninteresting game more interesting. And they're always taking care of their customers, too. Go to mybookie.ag right now and figure out But between all those sporting events that are going on, you get a real-life Vegas feel. You can put money down on the games from the comfort of your own home. You can do in-game betting, and they have live-in-the-flesh dealers standing by for poker, blackjack, roulette, all kinds of casino games, too. If you want to get your gambling fix on, there's only one place I tell you to do it. It's mybookie.ag because they always have bonuses, and they have them because you listen to us. Use your promo code, BET975, whenever you see an opportunity to get bonus cash. And whether you're new to my bookie or you're reloading an existing cu- as an existing customer, you'll find out 
that that is the gateway to getting you those bonuses. You can get from five to a thousand dollars if you put that money in and you use that promo code. You can double it instantly. That means you put fifty in. Now you got a hundred in your account. More games, more money in your account. More games you can bet on, and more chances you can win. Start today. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code bet nine seven five. Load up your account and get ready to go. As I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag. Promo code bet nine seven five. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Spin should stop lying. He's Blank on Branham. Let's great C.J. Stroud for the final time. It's sad. It's sad to do this uh, with Stroud. Uh, C.J. was 19 of 33 in the game against Baltimore. 175 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. QBR 53.1 if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, quarterback rating of 72.2 if you're into that sort of thing. Three carries for nine yards. Your grade, your thoughts on his play. C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback for the Texans. Look, just not the way that we wanted the season to end. He didn't do enough, but neither did anybody else. I mean, I'm, I, on the positive side, he didn't turn it over. But you don't get a W in a win-or-go-home situation and you don't want to hear it at this time of the year, who's available and who's not. You just got to find a way, and they didn't find a way. So as a team, you get a loss. The completion percentage wasn't great. Um, the biggest positive is you didn't turn it over. I'm just going to finish. It, it, it sucks, but I'm going to finish with a bogey because of all the negative that comes with losing and the way the offense looked and the fact that this was one of, like I mentioned earlier, two games this season where they didn't get an offensive touchdown so as the quarterback it all starts and ends with you maybe you get too much blame because of it but I'm going to go bogey yeah I don't really watching this game I I don't see anything that CJ Stroud did poor you know like I'm like oh my goodness what is he doing uh even the one where it was almost intercepted over the middle was like tipped at the line so nothing that Stroud did in this game I'm sitting here I'm like man CJ did not play well like somebody somebody tweeted at me that CJ Stroud looks deer in the headlight not ready for the moment I'm like I I don't see that man like the first half they're tied with Baltimore he led two scoring drives one of them they converted with a field goal uh the second one they didn't uh didn't do enough but nothing nothing about his game I was like failure or not ready for the moment I didn't think that he played poor uh just the offense couldn't get going they couldn't sustain drives they they would uh, you know third and shorts lose a couple of yards and have to punt uh they just didn't get it clicking they just didn't get it going uh but you lose like you lose you didn't score an offensive touchdown like you mentioned i i have to go bogey as well for cj stroud his final grade of the 2023 season definitely same uh, i mean I think there's an argument, like everything you just said about how like it wasn't his fault that they lost, but and even in the game, like there's a couple throws to Schultz and Nico that he he has open to him that he misses. There's one, you know, there was one in the second half where Nico was wide open across the middle of the field, but the pressure got to CJ and he just totally missed him. So it wasn't his worst game, but it just it wasn't good enough in, in this moment. So we end the season this way. Uh, Joel's golf grade for CJ Stroud ends at a minus six. It's good. I've got him at a minus seven. It's good. Jeremy at a minus nine. It's really good. It's really good. So very good season. It's a good. It's a good score for uh 
for an amateur. I guess it wouldn't. I was be just going to say, if you're an amateur, you could win the uh, tournament with three more rounds like that. <laughs> yeah, five, seven, nine, eight. Stroud gets a bogey in extreme conditions. The rest of the team shot six over. Like I just can't look at what at any part of the game. Like yeah, CJ Stroud screwed screwed this up. Like the even the the throw the throw to Hutchins on the screen pass. Like that wasn't a good throw. Like a good throw that's probably an explosive play. But he also got hit and as he threw. There was pressure. It. They were in the backfield. I, I think the other thing that we forgot to mention, just if you're going to say just share the wealth of the blame, there were drops too. We talked about the drops. The drops factor into that as well because he made some throws that the guys just didn't execute catching the ball, but they were all off. And we always say the quarterback's going to get probably more credit than they deserve. They're also going to take more blame. And at the end of the day, you didn't win the game. Yeah. So uh, bogey there, uh, 713-780-ESPN. CJ's freshwater jellyfish. CJ looked really stupid out there. I don't think he looks stupid, CJ. That's rude. That's not very nice. Uh, Virginia says still isn't par. Played worse than expected bogey. Not really sure what that means. Uh, 713-780-3776. What about the boxing grade? If we're grading a boxing round or UFC round, uh, CJ Stroud versus Lamar Jackson, how would you how would you score it? 10-9 Lamar Jackson. Man, I'm close to a 10-8. I'm close to a 10-8. I'm probably going to go 10-8. Lamar, Lamar he, he had four touchdowns. Like He threw for two. He ran for two. He didn't have a turnover. He was 16 for 22, highly efficient. He ran for 100 yards. It's not really anything that Stroud did. It's all that Lamar Jackson did. Lamar Jackson was excellent. Now, a lot of that's because D'Amico's game plan against Lamar was not very good. But if you're going based on performances, I have to go Lamar with a 10-8 round over C.J. Stroud. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a knockout. He knocked him out. Like So 10-8, I, I mean. Knocked him out of the playoffs. 10-8 or just a knockout. True. Yeah, That's you can true. go knockout since it is his final time that we'll I, see Typically, we reserve knockouts for people getting hurt. But yeah, which you should have done with Lamar. It's true. See, but this is a knockout. Sarca- slash S. I, I, just, I look at this, too, and say Lamar doesn't always win pretty. But when you actually watch the game and you find out all the different ways that he can beat you, it's a it's impressive. I mean, as quick as he hits the hole and how in the open field he can be elusive. He's fast, obviously, but he can be physical. Uh, the throw that we were mentioning to light, lightly in the uh, lightly in the in the in the end zone, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't great, but it was effective, and, and he got the job done. No, he's a. Uh... He's a heck of a player. He's playing. I'm excited to see Ravens Chiefs. That's going to be a a really entertaining game. I think uh, two eight five one. If it were a fight, they would have stopped it. I could see that six seven six one ten nine and ten eight. Ha ha. Are y'all high? That's the type of game Lamar plays. It was a knockout. I mean, we're grading it as if it were a round, though. Like CJ's still standing. Well, I mean, to Joe's point, he's, he's not, not still standing because he got eliminated from the playoffs. So six seven six one. You know what? I can be impressionable. I can be open minded. I can admit when I'm wrong. I'll give you that one. You're right, 6761. You're 100% right. It was a knockout. Uh, Joe talked me into it. 6761 talked me into it. We're not going to see Stroud again this season. Y'all are right. Lamar Jackson won by knockout. I agree with you guys. I agree with you guys. Now, rookie year for CJ. I mean, I I don't think anybody can say anything badly, right? Mm -mm. The great rookie year, one of the best we've seen this century. A plus. Everybody's extremely happy about the future. This is the, the greatest rookie season that we have ever witnessed. And and the fact is, is that when when you look at all the different variables that were going against him personally, to be as good as he was for the duration of the season and take you to levels you did not, that most people did not think they were going to get to and beyond, he deserves the highest grade possible. He deserves, a, 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 you know, a double, a, an eagle, a double eagle. He deserves a plus. He deserves however you want to look at it. 
he was just a massive success. Yeah, uh, massive success on all fronts. I mean, I don't think I mean anybody. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Nope. Like maybe you have your like. I think people saw a franchise quarterback. He's the guy you can build around. Perhaps someday he's going to be someone that can lead you to the promised land of the NFL. But to have this type of rookie year with where the Texans had been in the previous three seasons, 11 wins in the combined three years, everybody thinking they have so so far to go as an organization, I, no one in their wildest imaginations could have expected this from C.J. Stroud. No, I remember Travis Johnson being the first one to tell me before the season started. I was like, you know, especially because he started off slow in preseason. And, and Trap, uh, a lot of times, being an ambassador and all that and a former player, he gets access that the media doesn't get to. And he was like, no, he's it. He's special. This kid's got everything. And I, I, I found myself getting off the phone with him going, man, I just, I don't know. I guess I don't see it, but I hope he's right. And now looking back on the season, he was absolutely right because the kid was way more than anybody could have ever expected coming into his rookie season. Travis Johnson? Yep. He didn't answer my calls. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. Uh, time for our mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever your heart desires. 713-780-3776. What's your question for the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5? Hey, we got big games coming up next weekend. We got big games after that with the biggest of all games. And if you're entertaining people at your house and you want to make everybody happy no matter how the game goes, you can be a big game hero if you get yourself some Daisy Dips. Daisy Dips, best in the business. They've got the ranch. They've got the uh, French onion. And the bottom line is, no matter what you're serving, it can make it better. It can make the pizza and the wings taste better. The veggies, if you're doing the veggie dip, or your favorite chip, no matter if it's a taco chip or your favorite rigid potato chip, it, they're fantastic. And the best part is you don't have to do anything but go to your local grocery store and pick up a couple of tubs. You don't have to sit in the kitchen and try to get the right balance like my mom used to do when we had people over to the house for games. Get the sour cream, get the soup mix, get all the mixture and try and make it all taste right. Nope, it's all done for you. Just go to your local grocery store and grab you a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips. The, they're reusable, they're resealable, so at the end of the day, you can seal up the tubs, put them back in the fridge, and bring them out for your next party. But the fact is, they're easy and they're delicious. Check them out today. Go to your local grocery store. Get you a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips. You've got mail. It's Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. Something's in the bag. Mommy? Mommy? What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? Time now for our Mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want. 713-780-ESPN. The HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Keith from L.A., how do y'all feel about the guy who won the PGA tournament this uh, weekend? Can't keep the money because he is an amateur. And should the guy who the money got passed to, second place, give him half? I thought uh, who, Justin Thomas was in second. I don't know who finished in second. I don't either. But thinking, I was thinking about this this morning. When you and, and then you and I were talking about it before the show, like I think you have to declare before the tournament starts so that you can't see you're off to a good start. You know you're going to cash in and then declare. But I was thinking about the guys that did cash in. If if all of his it's a billion and a half dollars if you that that the winner gets, so that gets passed down to second through. If you I, could you send it to his parents because I'm sure there's ways they're going to try and track this and stuff. But I mean. Send a little something to say hi because he's now he he got an exemption to play in the farmers insurance this weekend, and he pulled out and he's reevaluating everything. He's supposed to be a sophomore at Alabama, and he's going to sit down with his parents. I would think the first thing is if you get a couple of companies with endorsements that are ready to, to kind of pony up, why wouldn't you? First Nick Saban and now Nick Dunlap leaving. Uh, Christian Bazudenhoit. 
is the guy who finished second and I guess won all the money. Ain't no way he spent sitting seven hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, Nick Dunlap, he take him out to dinner. <laughs> you get a nice steak dinner is what you're getting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if he if he wants to turn pro or keep his amateur status or maybe live will offer him two hundred fifty million dollars. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Questions for the bees or mailbag Monday. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out there for Pena. Pena, what's your question for the Killer Bees? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, so my question for y'all, it's, it's two and one. Um, it's regarding the same thing. So spaghetti. <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all pour the sauce on top of the noodles, or do you mix them? And the second part of the question is, do you, use gra- do you prefer meatballs or the, the ground beef? Thank y'all. Have a great day. I'm going to go traditional meatballs. And I'm going to go, you pour the sauce on top of the pasta uh-huh. if you're going to go authentic, authentic. But you can't go wrong either way. No. Uh, what is it? I think there's actually a phrase for it. I think it's might, it's, it might be called dirty spaghetti. When it's already mixed in? When you mix it together. Okay. I think it might be called dirty spaghetti. Um, I like them both. I, I don't really care if it's right. on or mixed together. I think both taste fantastic. I could not care less. Now, I'm more of a meat sauce than meatball guy. I, I, I like the way the consistency is. It saves me the trouble of having to cut it. I think it gets sauced better it when it's a meat it sauce. it up a little bit with the meat yeah, sauce? Yeah, I'm, I'm more meat sauce than meatball on my spaghetti. I was going to ask you how you grew up. How, how you grew up. More meat sauce. Parents. My mom was all meat sauce. Yeah, we were yeah. more meat sauce than yeah. meatball. Joe, do you have a Joe? Joe's father-in-law runs an Italian restaurant. Right. Uh, we go meat sauce okay. most of the time, and then uh, we put it on top because my wife doesn't like a ton of the the red sauce, just a little bit, so can't mix it together. Here's a like, here's, that's, that's how I grew up on it, though. It's like my parents would just put it all together, and you just take it right out. Yeah, it's very good. Here's a here's a fat kid hack. Meatball on top of meat sauce. I mean, yeah. Double sure. down oh, on the meat. I, I mean, that's double down on the meat. A lot of times that's what most people do, I think. Yeah. Lots of Parmesan. Yeah. 6860, would you rather Nick Casario trade up in the draft to get a wide receiver or make a big free agent splash at wide receiver? That's Justin. I mean, you're, you're going to have Tank back, and Nico played his tail off. I, I would rather them draft a wide receiver and not have that big bill because you got a lot to do with the money that you have bringing your own free agents back that you want to keep and exploring the market. I would rather draft a wide receiver. Now, now that doesn't answer the question, though. Would you rather trade up in the draft to get a receiver? Oh, I didn't hear the trade up Yeah, part. yeah, yeah. Would yeah, you no, rather wanna, trade up in the draft to get a receiver? I don't want to trade up. If, if you're using your first-round pick on a wide receiver, fine. I don't want to trade up. Then, I mean, it, it, that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, I would still say that I, I would stay away from free agent. I mean, free agency. But then, whatever I save, I'm, tra- I'm trading away a draft pick. I probably go with the trade up route because I, I like the idea. At least, yeah, I know you're losing draft capital by doing so, but you're also saving your free agent dollars to be able to spend however you choose. Right. And then you're getting said rookie on a rookie deal, so you have them, and it would be imagine it would be in the first round. So now you're looking at having that guy on a very affordable, team friendly deal for five years. So I would I lean the uh, the trade up in the draft to get a receiver than a big free agent splash. And we know that Nick Casario is a willing dilling son of he a gun. Is. I mean, first reaction just based off what some of the the top mock drafters are throwing out there. If there's going to be three wide receivers going in the top ten, then I lean to free agency. Because if your name's not Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, or Roma Dunze, like I'm not trading up for you. And I and like I can't imagine the Texans going from 23 to a top State? ten pick. Coleman, 
Yeah, I like him a lot too. But if those guys are going there, Keon Coleman will be gone by the top fifteen. Yeah, but maybe so. he goes like eighteen, and yeah. you can trade from right. twenty three to eighteen. I mean, and I give a third. Keon Coleman's awesome because like he yeah. he's got like DeAndre Hopkins light, where not everything's a fifty fifty ball. It's like sixty forty. So I, that's high praise. I like I would lean towards trade up. But if I have to go to the top 10, I'm going to free agency. They said Mike Evans ain't coming out down and giving anybody bargains. That would be scary, even if it's a shorter-term deal. Because he dropped some balls yesterday, too. But I just, I don't, if he's going, you know, heavy wide receiver money, you're talking 20-plus. Yeah, and I, I don't, I was looking at Texans Cap on Twitter today. And he says after all these uh, future signings, like these reserve future deals, that the Texans Cap space is going to be at 61. So that's projected. So if you're at 61, and you can probably make some cuts, maybe get it to 65, 70. But if you give Mike Evans $20 million, that's that's 20 to 25% of the money that you have to spend. And that's not even talking your own free agents. Right. So I'm not, a, I'm not a huge spend $20 million on a wide receiver. I want to help at that position. I want to add talent to that position. I'm not spending $20 million at the position, especially in football, when depth is like the key. Like you have to have depth. Uh, five seven nine eight. Why doesn't Blank have a ketchup sponsor yet? That's a great question. You do have a Daisy Dips. It's kind of it's in the same vein. No, I mean, there's a different tier. There's a different tier. Maybe different tier. Great and all, but ketchup is a lifeline for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, hook me up with your your ketchup sponsor. Yeah, don't save this one because it's uh... the right one. I'm not going to say it, but it's the right one. <laughs> but I'm talking about they're you're, they're both dips. Oh yeah, they're both dips. Ah! They're both they're they are they are both dips. What do you mean? Some people would think I use ketchup like a sauce. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Corey, are you all surprised Dallas kept McCarthy, or is it just Jerry being Jerry, keeping a coach too long? Uh, I think it's a little of both. I mean, he's not going to extend him, so he's going to basically – he had the best offense in the NFL in the regular season. He's going to have it again. It jived really well with a quarterback that you have a decision to make on, too. So if you just buy some time, you're going to do it for another year. The bigger question is going to be, are you going to have to replace your defensive coordinator? Are you going to make changes on your staff? Because – He's in the final year of his deal, and Dak is up for an extension that you can decide on, too. So I think for one more year to do what he did with the offense, I understand it. Yeah, this does feel like a Jerry trying to control the coach type of move. I'm not surprised he kept McCarthy. Uh, and, yeah, I think it is a little bit Jerry being Jerry, keeping a coach uh, too long. But I do think McCarthy deserves it. A 3977, will Diggs and Allen play the blame game this offseason? Um, I think Diggs is gone. Allen was hitting him right in the chest, and he still dropped balls. I think he's gone. I think he's gonna. He's wants out. I think he's a free agent. He, I mean, he had the chopper too. I don't think he's a free agent. I thought he. I thought this was it for him. For Diggs, I don't think yeah. so. He had that opportunity at that shot play and uh, just like a terrible effort. Hit him right between the arms. Yep. Didn't make the play. That was uh, that was Did not you good. Notice a lot of times too on his routes. I, I get it. Like it's the easiest giveaway, but most times his mouth. He doesn't even put his mouth guard in unless it's going to be a clear passing play. And I, I got to believe the defensive backs can kind of, you know catch that but it seems like ha- he's half-assed it a lot yeah yeah i'm not a big good uh, Diggs fan Seven and i'm one- sure to his argument on the flip side excuse me but the, on the flip side is he's of course going to bitch that he didn't get that ball on the ball that uh allen tried to throw in the end zone. i don't think that allen will play the blame game though he seems to be oh, he won't that. but but Diggs could seven two eight three year we're going to give uh mahomes or the buffalo kicker that was scott norwood uh the chiefs win last night I still give it to Mahomes. He did everything that he was supposed to do. I'm giving it to Taylor Swift. If I can't give it to Taylor Swift, I'm giving it to that physical Kansas City defense that was playing very physical with Josh Allen, as you should do with quarterbacks. And Gay in the was playoffs. out for a good portion of like the early first half, 
of the game, right? Willie Gay, yeah. Or, yeah. Willie Gay. 3878, where is Belichick going to coach next year? Well, the only one that's serious about him is Atlanta right now. Atlanta's done multiple interviews with him. Atlanta seems the only one that's completely dialed in on him. I don't think he's – he might have had, a, a, like, a, a first discussion – with one other team, but I think it's Atlanta or bust at this point. I, I tend to think that too, and I think that they will. Uh, I think I think he'll end up there. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Roy, what's your question for the Killer Bees? The question is, what you think about if we was to go and get uh, Mike Evans, see if De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins line him up with Nico Collins and Tank Dale, and I figure they they find some for offensive linemen for the. Uh, 23rd pick. All right. Uh, Appreciate it, Roy. Roy. I think that's a whole lot of money to spend on two receivers when you got to think about all the guys that have played so well for you, you got to bring back and you'd like to add. I, I just think that's too much. That's minimum half of your yeah. minimum. Because if Evans goes for 20 and Hopkins goes for 10, because Hopkins isn't really giving out a whole lot of hometown discounts, it doesn't seem. But he played all right. So he did play all right. But that's $30 million yeah. for two receivers to add to Nico and Tank. And now you have $30 million left to spend on all of the holes because Grenard's free agent. Uh, all of your defensive Cashman, tackles are free agent. Ca- Cashman is single Terry Nelson. Uh, so that's, yeah, tight ends would be a need. So now you've already spent half of your free agency money, and you've really, you really, I mean, is receiver even a need or is it more necessary? I think it's a luxury at a certain yeah, point because so, of the way, as long, assuming you're getting your number one back in tank, who's going to end up being, you, you know, in unison with Nico, mm-hmm. your two best receivers, you're in a good spot. I would say, I would say adding a receiver is a need. Uh, I would say that, but it's not as big a need as a lot of the positions we discussed. And spending would you say thirty million dollars, or just I know it doesn't need to be wide yeah, receiver I think one. You can get rid of Woods. You can, you, can, you can make some subtle changes and get another veteran. It could be a little. Honestly, less. I think it's a high priority. I don't. It could be a high priority, but isn't it doesn't have to be twenty million, thirty million dollars? No, no, it, it doesn't. You you could do it in the second rounder. Like if the Xavier Legette kid from South Carolina is a second round pick and he's your wide receiver three, awesome. Uh, Gabe Davis was a name that I is a free agent, and they were talking Buffalo. about him potentially leaving in free agency because he's a free agent. If he's your wide receiver three, cool. Like he he's a big play guy waiting to happen. So like I would agree that wide receiver three is a need. But it's not a need in the sense that you have to spend a whole lot of money mm-hmm. or a, like a first-round draft pick one. No, I think it has to be, like I would say, like a first, second, or a, a solid name in free agency. Because, I mean, look, the offense struggled without Tank. They only scored over 20 points. I think yes. I saw DJ tweet this. The only time they did it without Tank was against was last week against the Browns. So what if they, they add Adam Thielen but yeah. he, and he doesn't break the bank? Yeah, I don't know if I – like he's just not explosive to me. He had a good year. Yeah, but it was it's more just hands possession than explosiveness. Like to me, you need like explosive. You need speed. You need I like quick. Gabe Davis. It's a good idea there. I like adding him to your receiver room with the other two guys you already got makes you better. Two eight nine four. What's your top outside free agent target? I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about this. Patrick Queen would look really good. Oh in yeah. Uniform. I would love. But you see, Patrick Queen got physical. With Dalton Schultz now pushing. He tackled yeah, him three steps at it outside. All game. Just saying. You know, supposed you to be physical that- guys. That's the biggest question. Are you going to re-sign Grenard? Because if you're not, pass rush has to be top priority. This guy says, what hour did y'all talk hater last week? Uh, <laughs> this other guy says, if uh, Grayman didn't need surgery, is hater an Astro? Ooh, that's a good question. I, uh, tend, I, tend, I, I, don't, say, I think no. I would say no as well. Yeah, I'm all, I'm no on this one. All right, that's it for our Mailbag Monday. 713-780-ESPN. Cam 
A man, they started against the Celtics. You saw that. Jalen struggled from three. What if Jalen isn't a star? Are we okay with it? Are we more okay with it if Cam and or Amon turn out to be a star? I'm getting closer and closer to being done with Jalen Blankers. Is an all-in on a man in camp. I'll tell you what he means next. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. My colleague, Okuz, U of H class of 1990, has been protecting the interests of businesses for nearly 25 years. HRMP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance benefits administration and payroll hrp will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need there's nothing cookie cutter about hrp if you need a little bit of help a lot of help or anything in between hrp will create a plan for what you and your business needs also their customer service second to none you'll never talk to a stranger on the other side of the line you'll be calling someone that is familiar with you familiar with your company i can speak to that customer service anytime i have a question i always get a quick response that's easy to understand let hrp take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your hr burden so you can get back to growing your business. Give them a call now, 281-880-6525, and let HRP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525, or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's blank on Branham. I'm dipping out a little bit early today. I got to fly to uh, Provo, going to Provo, Utah, watching Cougar basketball Party tomorrow time. against BYU. <laughs> uh, yeah, they like their soda, uh, caffeine free. Yeah, caffeine free. The uh, Jamal Shedd, Big Twelve Player of the Week. Congratulations there. Well It'll be deserved. a fun one though. BYU really good offense. Houston really good defense. Will be fun tomorrow. Uh, we saw some young players for the Rockets yesterday. Cam got a start against Boston. And men got a start against Boston. Had some pretty good numbers there. Jalen continuing to struggle from the outside. Uh, what are you seeing from these young players and their potential for stardom? Yeah, I was thinking about it, and it kind of just extends a conversation we've had going throughout the season. I'm more and more out on Jalen Green as being what everybody's expecting him to be, a superstar. I'm not saying trade him immediately. I'm not saying that he... I need to know if he's going to be a rocket or not. And in order to be a rocket, he's going to have to start doing some things better. But I'm already kind of already moved on from the fact that he has to be one of your big three or your one of your big superstars. And when I looked at it, I saw the block that a man made the other night against Utah in overtime. I, I look at the fact that we know he's got to improve his shooting, but he gets to the basket. He does so many things well. And Cam has just been everything you could have asked for and more. And now you see why he should have been a lottery pick that a lot of people just passed on. These two kids look like they have a better chance to be what you want Jalen to be than Jalen right now. And I think that's why I'm okay with saying, I just need to find out if Jalen's going to be a rocket because it's one thing to say he was one of six from three-point range. It's another thing to say he he still takes a ton of bad shots. I know that with Fred out now that that, um, Ime wants to really set, uh, set the tone that he wants Amen and then Jalen to, to have more opportunities to facilitate the offense. Jalen's biggest thing is that he's got to accept that and understand that facilitating the offense doesn't mean trying to score because I think he can be a good passer. We know he's got basketball skill, but the bigger thing to me is I'm thinking more and more that one, if not both of these guys, Cam and, and Amen, can end up being one, one or two of your big-time go-to big three type on a championship caliber team and less and less that it's Jalen Green. Yeah, the I'm I'm probably the Jalen defender of this show. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. What's the hurry of having to know if Jalen Green's on this team or not? Well, I'm not saying when, but I'm saying before his contract comes up, yeah. right? Before it's time to pay him big money, and you know he's going to want big money. Mm-hmm. 
that I, I really have to have, you know, some serious in-depth looking at Jalen Green and figuring out what he can be for me. Now, he might be something totally different to somebody else, but right now I see more potential of being like a star player in the other in yeah. Cam and Almond. Okay, I, I just wanted to set the timeline because I don't think our timelines are different either. Like no, I'm not gonna right. I'm not gonna send crazy money at Jalen Green until I feel a little bit more confident than I do now. And my patience is wearing thinner on Jalen Green, uh, certainly from like the perspective of can he be a star? Uh, but it's not something where I need to decide now. Now we're halfway through the year. Like it doesn't seem like it's getting a whole lot better. Like I keep I keep waiting for this. Jalen Green tear for him to go on a heater and just be like, okay, here he is. And it's not coming. Like he'll have one or two games where he's like really good, but it can't, he doesn't sustain it. There's no consistency there. And it's like, okay, well, you need to add consistency. And he's just not. He had more consistent uh, stretches last year. Um, now, I feel. In terms of stardom, I don't know where I'm at with a min yet. Like a min to me is kind of like a Ben Simmons type. Uh, I think he can be a point guard on a good, good team. And I, I like his game a lot. Now, Yes, for him to like really be a superstar, he's probably going to have to shoot better from three-point land. I don't think he needs to in order to be like a really good starter, but star level, I would say that he needs to add that to his game. One thing that does annoy me a little bit with like the Jalen Green, Cam Whitmore conversation, I like Cam Whitmore a lot, and I do think he has that potential. But Cam Whitmore, when he has a bad game, he gets a lot more grace than when Jalen Green has a bad game. We're talking about the Celtics game, and Jalen Green played poorly. He played better than Cam Whitmore. Jalen Green oh, was yeah, better than true. Cam Whitmore against Boston, yet we don't hear at all Cam Whitmore had a stinker, yet we're hearing Jalen Green had a stinker, even though Jalen Green had a much better game than Cam Whitmore. So, like, the consistency of the angst from the fan base, I notice, is way more consistent with Jalen Green, and Whitmore has a lot more grace. Now, maybe it's because Jalen's in year three, Cam Whitmore's in year one, but he's still like he hasn't played a ton of games in his rookie season at the NBA level. So that's probably where that grace comes in. But it's just curious to me how we get a lot of disdain from Jalen in a game where he played better than Whitmore and everybody's saying Whitmore is the next star. It, it starts with where you were drafted. It, it, it's, it's also, like you said, how many years you've been in the league. And then it's how you handle adversity. Like Cam got sent down well and deserved every bit of it and had to understand how to be a pro. But when he came back up, he doesn't really force a lot of the action. He, he kind of lets the ball come to him. Now, if it means he, he sees a guy in front of him, he knows he can take, he's taking him to the basket. Yeah. And if the ball, if he, he's not afraid to pass it, knowing if it comes back, if I get a wide open three, I'm supposed to take it, and he does, and, he, and he's pretty consistent making them. You're right that he didn't play well last night, but what I liked was there was always that fight in him. You don't see the body language. You don't see the giving up on defense when you miss a shot or don't get a, a foul called against you. And you see a guy that kind of, has conceptualized, okay, this is what I need to do to fit in with my coach, this system, and have the best chance to play minutes on on this team this year and going forward. Yeah. Whereas Jalen's still struggling with, I don't like the system. It just seems like all of his body language and like when things aren't, go, aren't going well for him, he's more like willing to just kind of just shrug his shoulders and walk away with his head down going, this ain't it, this ain't it. The... Um... I I feel higher on Whitmore than I do Jalen, uh, despite what I just said. And a men to me, they had different talents. Like a men to me seems like he can be a Rajon Rondo, Ben Simmons type. I don't know if he's ever going to be like a leading scorer type. Uh, whereas Cam Whitmore could be somebody I, I I see potentially someday beating your better perimeter guard. Like I I would if I had to say one of these guys turns into a star between Whitmore and Jalen Green. 
It's weird to say this for me because I've been a defender of Jalen Green. I would say Cam Whitmore. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think I could see a, like a Desmond Bain type out of Cam Whitmore because he's got that kind of big, sturdy, physical body to him too. He shoots the three really well. Um, I, I see a lot of star potential in Cam Whitmore. But to your point on Amen Thompson, I think who's around him matters, right? He's got to be serviceable. He's You can't have a Ben Simmons where you just lay off of him and dare you to shoot a jump shot from anything outside of 10 feet, knowing that there's not a chance of it going in. Mechanically, unlike Ben Simmons, it really looks like Thompson, his form is not bad. No, it's not. I and, think he's got a chance to improve it greatly. And so I think that he does so many other things well that if he just focuses in an offseason on just really working on knocking down the mid-range, but more importantly, if it's a clean, wide-open three, knocking down you know those wide open threes you're going to get because they have to respect your penetration then as long as you got personnel around you you will be respected and you will be successful but if you're a team that's a lesser than and now you got to do more and you're expected to shoot and score that's going to be a problem for a guy like a thompson what's right now. what's interesting too about a man is he has to he has to do a fred van Vliet. like he he's yeah. he's behind him on the depth chart and his coach likes him a lot and he's paid a lot of money on a three-year deal. So it's it's hard for a men to get tons of minutes if, if Van Vliet is healthy, whereas Cam and Jalen are kind of, I think, fighting for the same minutes. And if Cam like surpasses Jalen Green, and they're going to give Jalen Green a long runway because they, ha- they have to figure out what, 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 he, what he can do and what he has. I, I think the path to like a consistent starting role on this team is closer for Cam than it is Thompson. Did you think Cam was a three coming out or a two? Uh, I think uh, See, I don't think there's much difference between a two and a three. It's, on the defensive end, it matters a bit, but on the offensive end, to me, it doesn't. Like they're both wings. You got a point guard, you got two wings, you got a stretch four, you got a five. I think the two and three on offense are the same thing. Uh, defensively, more of a three, it matters, a little bit more wider. But also because Cam seems to be more physical, he, he seems to have that kind of that more that more NBA frame already. But the other way reason why I asked the question was, do you think that they can play together? Because I think that yeah. that would be Jalen buying into the system a little bit more. But there's no reason to say that they couldn't both be part of what makes this team good. It's just, I think it's more relying on Jalen shoulders. He's got to have more buy-in to the overall instead of just worrying about, did I get my numbers? Did, did I do what, you know, I expect me to do. It's got to be a, we, because you look at it and say, Hey, when Jalen was sitting the other night and Van Vliet's out of the lineup, the fight that I saw against a team, that's a championship caliber team like Boston. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were staying in the game, Gives me the more, most reason for hope for all this team. Yeah, they both can play together. I think they can play together. Now you have Dylan Brooks in the equation. You have Tar Easton in the equation. So you do have a surplus of, of guards. Uh, pessimistic Chad, come on, JB. It's draft position and Green being in year three. He's a bust. Eh, fair enough. Uh, that that probably is the difference in the grace. Cam, a rookie. Jalen, year three. Uh, eight eight zero seven. Cam was coached up at, at uh, Villanova while Jalen was playing AAU. I think that matters. I, I think, think that it matters a, a lot. Sure. And you weren't coached up by just anybody. You know, you you had a system set up by Jay Wright, and whether Jay Wright was there his, his last year or not. Look, Jay Wright and Villanova, they have a structured way that they're going to handle their business, much like you have the luxury of dealing with, with Kelvin and his staff. That's a great program to come out of if you're going to try and get NBA ready in a short period of time. I think there's absolutely something to that. 713-780-ESPN. All right, Hive. Texan season is over. When do you want to start the off-season talk for the Houston Texans? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.